later on today's episode. See, members of the Black diaspora say, because you won't submit, I'm going to vote this so that way, you know what I'm saying, for this political party to win. So blah, 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 even though it's against my best interest or even though it's against these rights or whatever the case is, when I start to see it boil up like that, I'm like, Like, I'm confused how this go from a breakup to you changing your political party. Where did the connection take place? How did this go from a disagreement about how a household should be ran to a political response or action or threat? How did that happen? I don't even know where to go for a solution when it goes that way. Yeah, and I... I agree. Yeah, I think the political division was was really shocking to me. Um, and I think that kind of goes to my answer to the question, why do I think there's so much division within our community? I'm not um, ignorant to the fact that, especially politically, there's, there's advantages for there being division within the Black community, right? And that that advantage could be swayed or persuaded from outside of the black community i'm not i'm not ignorant to that at all but the point that i want to make is i really this podcast is a conversation from two melanated people to the melanated community so what i really need for us to focus on is like it wouldn't matter what outside hello this is patrice thank you for clicking on this episode here at the melanated intellects podcast we talk about everything from black mental health and personal growth to black world history and my name is shayla here you will find a balance between topics everyone is talking about and topics no one is talking about either way we guarantee we will be bringing our distinct intellectual perspective Hey, hey, hey. Thank you so much for clicking on this episode. We're back for another episode here. And what we're going to be talking about today is the Black community divided. Um, This is something that um, both of us, but Patrice particularly, has been thinking about doing an episode about for some time. And I think there's a lot, there's a lot um, that we could, and I don't even know that we're even going to cover all the areas in which we feel the black community is currently divided on this episode, but we will do our best to be able to, um, speak about those that we feel are kind of the ones that have been sticking out to us or just the ones that, you know, have been, um, of popular or a big issue, particularly probably on social media. Interacting. Yeah. Yes. And our personal experience. So a lot to get into here a lot to unpack so I guess really what I want to throw out there is this overall question of why do we feel or why do we think there's so much division within our community and if you're not certain about the areas of division that I'm talking about I'm going to go ahead and list some not limited to these but these are just some of the ones that came to mind Um, there's, there's a huge division between black men and black women if you don't know normally we're talking about the dating scene, but that that doesn't have to be dating. It's not limited to the dating scene. Um, I don't know if you all are familiar with Passport Bros. I don't know if you're familiar with a lot of podcasts and things that just are dedicate their podcast and platform to 
um, discussing the ways black women need to change, particularly, particularly modern black women. So there's a lot of division there. Um, there's definitely division when we've talked about this before, colorism, right? Light skin, dark skin. Um, I've seen stories in the past, I don't know, six months to a year where there are dark skinned women talking about how they've been treated in clubs and things of that nature, or if they work at the club, rather they're visiting or they work there and how they've been treated. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, and I think a lot of these roll up to the black men, black women discussion politically. And I wouldn't even say that we don't really speak much about politics on our, our platform here at Melanated Intellects. There's definitely a political divide happening um, for our international audience. We have only two political parties here, pretty much two main political parties, I should say, which is Democrat and Republican. Um, so there's some division there um, in relation to that. So if you're not certain about that, we can touch there class division as far as black girl luxury movement which was an episode that we did in season two but that's progressed now into soft life and there's a lot of other conversations around class uh we've also been seeing some things on social media just about um discussion and division around black people who maybe grew up having money versus black people who grew up not having money there's that's a division um and then what's been there for ever pretty much feels like is the LGBTQIA plus community and the division within the black community. So there's a lot of division. Some of it, I feel like, you know, has been there, you know, forever. And some of it I feel like is newer, but it's all kind of being added together. And so the question that Patrice kind of posed to me is like, where's our black community? You know what I mean? And that's not to say that we don't have community, right? I'd like to think that Melanated Intellects is a space of community and there's plenty other spaces of community. Um, and, and if you even narrow it down to black women, there are lovely and beautiful black women empowerment spaces. So I'm not saying we don't have community, but I am saying, I think we want to take this opportunity to be able to address and maybe talk about some way forward uh in regards to the current division so that was a lot um and maybe all of those maybe you're not certain about all of those um social media is a great way to see people who are divided uh within our community tiktok Mm -hmm. for sure uh instagram is another so patrice thoughts on that question why do we think there's so much division within our community You know, once upon a time, I did not want to cover topics like this because I try not to let social media be a direct reflection of our reality to too much of an extent, right? It's I'm viewing the world through my phone. I I try not to let it overwhelm my perspective. But when I'm going out socially into these spaces and I'm experiencing the result of whatever's happening on social media, I realized things have now changed. You know, once upon a time that may have been the case, things have changed now. And it's my feelings around this, because like Shayla said, I've been thinking about it for some time. We're at a point where we've had a black president, we have a black woman VP right now, we have a black Supreme Justice, Katanji Jackson, we have a black minority speaker, Hakeem Jeffries, We have the Crown Act, which was in motion, but unfortunately has at this point died out. But we had that conversation. We have same-sex marriage, which has now been codified. We have Black women who are ranking the highest in earnings and educated and business ownership. Like so many things are profitable and beneficial to the Black community. 
I guess when we used to talk about when I was a kid, remember me and Shayla's parents are both in their 60s. So we are children of like kids from the civil rights era. When we used My to mother think, said, no, she is not. Um, <laughs> My parents are still late, to late 50s. Okay. You're going to get in trouble. I'm sorry. I love. Okay. I'm going to cut that out. Okay. <laughs> Tell them I love She's them. going to be um, like, what? Patrice better not be having. My parents are in their 60s. Shayla's parents are young. Little whippersnappers over there, y'all youthful and shit. Y'all go on with your bad selves. <laughs> That's they have experienced things ahead of their time. Um, <laughs> but in doing so, you know, when we used to think about, you know, the first black president, we grew up in a world in the '90s where it was a joke, like that will happen when we get a first black president. You know, blah blah blah. blah you know, and today especially since George Floyd and the tragic murder of him was broadcast to the world. We are seeing representation everywhere from the corporate spaces to initiatives, to diversity, inclusion, organizations and programs and um, different bills and laws and so many different approaches to how we're trying to tackle this issue. Police brutality, no knock warrants, how they restrain, you know, um, suspects when in custody, so on and so forth. So many things, active discussions are happening. I would have never thought that when we are starting to actively have discussions and make even the slightest bit of headway from a systemic approach, I would have never thought down in the weeds in the community of social media and in the world, we would be at each other's throats the way we are today. And I am fucking confused. <laughs> I'm so confused. What are we doing? Yeah, I agree. I I never, I didn't really see the division coming the way it came, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, you know what I mean? There's been things to divide us before. You know, we've talked, you know, the colorism conversation is certainly not new. The LGBT conversation is certainly not not new. Um, but uh, oh, n- another one I forgot to mention was African American versus African. Yeah, That's also been um, yeah, yeah, a, di- a division yeah. there as well. So I'm not certain. Uh, it okay. It feels like there's more division to me today than ever before in my lifetime. That's what it feels like. I don't know if that's true. I'm not saying that's true. I'm just saying that's what it feels for me personally, right? And I also think that, you know, I've mentioned this before, you know, social media, the internet is more active and you can like, is at your fingertips and you can communicate with people internationally in ways you never have before. So I'm not certain if some of these issues were just here and now I just have access to people who think this way. And, And now that I have access to people who think this way, I can see that there are people who disagree with them and I can see these arguments happening. So I'm not certain if I'm just more aware and it's more visual about the divide or if some of these conversations have been happening for a long time unbeknownst to me I don't know you know but it it feels very intense to me and like sometimes simple things that I would have thought nobody would have been able to argue about people are arguing about like that was it was a simple post somebody said they was happy about something and somebody so it's like, what you happy for? This the problem with it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like so confused. Yeah. Like, yeah. right? Like yeah. so confused yeah. about I just 
it's something that it just honestly it make you 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 scared to even share because like you don't even want to share something positive or something you thought you might have thought was positive or good for you or your community or for whatever you know you showing support to whatever your corner of the community is and then to be met with a lot of aggression and to be honest sometimes hate uh, I think you know within within the black community and I just find it to be really sad Um, It makes me very sad. It makes me um, question a lot about future wise where we're going to be at in, you know, two years, three years, five years, 10 years um, as a community. And I'm fine if we disagree. Like, I'm not asking for us to all be on the same page. We have different experiences. We're from different parts in the world or for different parts in the U.S. Like, that's okay. But the way we handle that disagreement is what's really concerning for me. Because like I said, I think it's turned into a hatred of other people within our community to not like, I mean, like siblings fight, right? Like you can, you know what I'm saying? Like, okay, she got on my nerves, you know, whatever, whatever. I disagree with her. I'm gonna stop following her. All of that's acceptable. I'm not saying you can't feel a certain kind of way about what, what sis said, but like to come at people and to get really aggressive and to like put out a narrative that doesn't help our community in, in a way forward. I'm just so like, outdone with us sometimes and it's a lot of times it'd be over some of the smallest things yeah. like girl she says she like purple and you said you like red why can't she like purple and you like red you gotta be like people who like this is the problem with people who like purple I'm not saying all people that like purple is like this but here's what I be saying right and then it just it just it just go to another level it does and you know what it, <laughs> I, I remember a couple times where I've been I've been on TikTok and I've seen so my post ended up on the wrong side of TikTok. I need y'all to help me to get it back. <laughs> they're in the comments. They're doing this. They're reporting my video. Like, and that happens. And I, I think that social media has arguably become the world stage. Mm. We see everything news. Uh, information about medicine, you know, um, uh, human rights, civil rights, you know, all of that. Everything is presented us via social media and the world knows it. And it is now arguably one of the biggest world stages. And um, we are having these arguments on that same stage. And other people who are outside of diaspora are participating, mm-hmm. taking the side, hopping in the comments, mm-hmm. making making stitching videos, mm-hmm. responding. At first, it was enlightening to see because I never knew people would even care. Because remember, I, I think because I'm a '90s baby, I come from a time when we had one channel for our content. We had our own little Hollywood for our own type of movies. And if I went to school and even mentioned Friday, nobody knew what the hell I was talking about. And it wasn't until my adult years when I started hearing people say, bye, Felicia, who didn't look like me. So for me, I, I'm used to a lot of these discussions being solely within the Black community. Mm. It, there was no outside view and so at first it was interesting because, you know, mm-hmm. colorism for me was heavy in the West Coast. And so to see it be talked about all over the world, 
all over all over the country, I should say, all over the country specifically, and um, have other people chime in on their worldly experience with colorism or their view of black women as after hearing someone, you know, trash black women or make a comment or something like that. It's, it was, it was sometimes refreshing depending on the comment, obviously I was a dark skinned woman. And sometimes it was also like, but this is also kind of cringe. Cause what, why are we, <laughs> this is a conversation. It's embarrassing. It's like, it's like putting mm. your, your family's business out there in the street for everybody mm. to participate in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just, it feels like the more we, on one end, the discourse is important because we're having conversations about some things that have kept us down, right? Some things that have kept us oppressed and we're sharing resources, we're sharing knowledge, we're sharing other approaches like mental health and, you know, um, spirituality as a means to approach this experience differently. And meaning life. On the other end, we are tearing each other apart. And it feels like what used to be a unified, what used to be a strive for unified, I'm not going to say it was always unified because there was always some type of divide, right? What mm-hmm. used to be a, 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 a work, uh, an attempt for a unified approach to tackling some of these issues and these systemic oppressions like it is all over the place. And now when I see members of the black diaspora say, because you won't submit, I'm going to vote this. So that way, you know what I'm saying? For this political party to win. So blah, 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 even though it's against my best interest or even though it's against these rights or whatever the case is, when I start to see it boil up like that, I'm like, Like, I'm confused. How this go from a breakup to you changing your political party? Where did the connection take place? How did this go from a disagreement about how a household should be ran to a political response or action or threat? How did that happen? I don't even know where to go for a solution when it goes that wild. Yeah. And I... I agree. Yeah, I think the political division was was really shocking to me. Um, and I think that kind of goes to my answer to the question, why do I think there's so much division within our community? I'm not um, ignorant to the fact that, especially politically, there's there's advantages for there being division within the Black community, mm-hmm. right? And that mm-hmm. that advantage could be swayed or persuaded from outside of the black community. I'm mm. not I'm not ignorant to that at all. But the point that I want to make is I really this podcast is a conversation from two melanated people to the melanated community. Mm. So what I really need for us to focus on is like it wouldn't matter what outside forces were doing if yep. we took accountability for the issues happening within our community and had a way forward to deal with those issues. And I also feel like we are making their job very easy. Very. Like anybody who who benefits from division within the black community, we helping them. Mm-hmm. And that's a problem to me. That's such a, a problem to me. And um, 
there's just, there's so much to unpack here about like, how did we get here? And like, I just, I didn't see it coming the way that it, it is here. And it saddens me. It just, it makes me sad. And I just am very concerned for the future. And like, even, okay, let's break it down. Okay. Let's break it down. The black men, black women discussion is a tired one for, for sure. It's old and it's tired because I didn't heard it for at least the past two years minimum it might have been longer than that but I'm gonna give it at least a solid two years mm-hmm. and you feel how you feel about it you own what side of it you own whatever whatever okay but like sometimes I wish we could just agree to disagree we why can't we just agree to disagree hey that's how you and also what bothers me about a lot of the issues that I mentioned but particularly the black men black women division is this concept that I need to get other people to feel how I feel about the issue. That's wild to me. Like, especially with something like a relationship. And I probably said this because I think um, protecting black women or one of, we we did like a four series on women Mm -hmm. in end of season two. Mm -hmm. So one of those episodes, we touched on this subject matter I think it was protecting black women. Um, and mm-hmm. I probably said this, but like, you know, I think everybody should be in a relationship that works best for them, regardless Always. of who you're in a relationship with, with mm-hmm. regard if that person is of an opposite gender or of the same gender or an opposite race or different. I, I think you should run your relationship the way that works best for you and the other person is in it. Cause it's only two people in that relationship. Mm-hmm. And that relationship has to work well for y'all. It's not about what works well for me. You want to know why? Cause I'm not in it. I'm not in it. And I think it's fine for you to, it's for you to feel like, cool. That's what you want your woman to do. That's what you want your man to do. All you need to do is find a woman or a man that agrees with you. Mm -hmm. That's all. Mm -hmm. That's all you got to do. That's it. That's it. So you don't got to convince me to be the type of woman you need. And I don't need to convince you to be the type of man I need because I can go find a man I need and you can go find a woman you need and we can. And why can't we, me and you still be cool about that? Yeah. It's cool. It ain't no hard feelings. Mm-hmm. The feelings are definitely hard. There shouldn't be any hard feelings about the fact that I don't fit your criteria and you don't fit mine. And I think that should just be acceptable, especially when we talk about something as intimate as a relationship. A relationship is really intimate, right? You're talking about building a family with this person, possibly marrying them, and possibly having kids with them. You're talking about sexual intimacy and physical intimacy. Like who you share your body and your space and your mind and your heart with is your business. That's your business. Is it me? No, I don't. No, it's not. I have a lot and, of and when um, I say that's your business, it could be your business and she can be white. She can be Hispanic. She can be Asian. He can be white. He can be Hispanic. He can be Asian. I'm not limiting this. When I say that you can run your relationship the way you want to and it don't have nothing to do with me, I'm not limiting it to inside of the black community. I'm just saying people in general. And that's fine. We can have our opinions and you can feel how you feel about, you know, interracial marriages and, you know, all, all of that thing. But like, why does that have to change me and you working towards a common goal to better our community. That's the part that I don't get. Why is who I'm sleeping with or not sleeping with or being with, and this this also crosses into the LGBT discussion. Mm -hmm. Why does that 
impact how we move forward as a community. Equal rights. That will never change. The fact that people should not be mishandled or brutalized by law enforcement, what not did receive that the same opportunities because of our hair texture, with. has nothing to do with how we run our homes at home. At, exactly. has nothing to do with it. We are now at a point where I will see us weaponize stereotypes against each other. Yeah. I'll hear black women say to black men and refer to them as like having criminal records or absent fathers or all the stereotypical bullshit you would hear from a racist. And I will hear black men, you're you're aggressive, you're loud, you nag, you're masculine, you know, and all the same shit that has been weaponized against us since the beginning of time. When I hear that from our own people, y'all both are, it's disgusting. And we have single-handedly just played right into the same bullshit that has held us back since the beginning of time. We yeah, are I'm now really disturbed by the hand we are playing in dismantling the community that we had. Because mind you, there was always division. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what community we had, we are playing a really big hand in doing and a lot of people you know conspiracy theories and the things about the division and you know especially when we talk about lgbt and the 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 agenda that some people feel is being moved forward but 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 check this out but check this out right here okay but check check this Mm -hmm. okay they wouldn't be able to divide and the conspiracy theory wouldn't work if we didn't let that fly If we did not let that fly because we are going to protect each other and be there for each other and help our community move forward because we are us and Mm -hmm. I am you and you are me, regardless of all of these other details, sorry, regardless of all of these other details that, that really, really don't matter at the end of the day, when it comes to moving a community forward, it wouldn't be able to matter. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't impact us. If, if we was going to hold each other down, no matter what. The audacity for us to oppress anyone based off who they love, who, what they identify as, what any, the audacity to me is always astounding. I don't care if you're using in the name of religion, spirituality, how you believe a house is or whatever, whatever you believe is okay, the audacity to oppress anybody is absolutely mind-blowing. We know exactly what that shit is like and the result of it. And for us to ever inflict on another group of people will never, ever make fucking sense to me. It's absolutely atrocious. And when we talk about old divides that I'm used to, I'm used to either you team Malcolm X or you team MLK. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. are you for Bill Clinton or did you think Bill Clinton was against it? Like, I'm used to those type of discussions. Well, even those were some pretty strong divisions. There were strong you know, MLK divisions. and Malcolm X was a strong division. It was, but they were still going for the same thing. Now the divisions yes, are the the at a point to where they are starting to aim for, we are okay with a different experience for a different person. Like, I'm seeing people say, I'm not going to march for these people because of how they treat me. Or I'm not, oh, this person was murdered. Eh, They're too, black women are too masculine. So why would we blah, blah, blah. Or better yet, I'm seeing, I think this Meg Thee Stallion and Tory Lanez case really brought a lot of ugly out. 
really brought a lot of ugly out. Yeah, I didn't even mention that division, and that's it, it, and it's a it's a case. It's not even like like a political party no, or anything else that I mentioned. Case. But there is a lot of division. A lot with of division that. over that and protect black women. Oh well, you know she was sleeping with a lot of people. What does that have to do with whether or not this man shot this gun? What does that have to do with this? There is it. It is mind blowing. Like it's it really is. And I think we talked about this on. Um, Music in the Black Community Part 3, when we talked about the yeah. community, we talked about Hot Girl Summer and Red mm-hmm. Bull being mad about it. And at that point, that's what it was. But, you know, individuals being upset about the Hot Girl Summer and the WAP and all of that, it was too yeah. strong for them. And I just feel like it has evolved. And I guess I never considered that, although we are, although we don't agree with the Hot Girl Summer we would ever think that it's okay to inflict violence. I mm. never for, I never thought that. You don't like the hot girl summer? Don't date a hottie, okay? That's that's usually how that works. You don't don't date somebody who is pro hot girl summer. Maybe that maybe that should be your mindset. But for you to say I'm okay with that person being inflicted violence on or having this experience or this is what they get, that is a whole nother level, whole nother magnitude. I would yeah, never we be seem okay like we that. jumped there fast to me. Very fast. Because I'm just fast. like, damn, did I miss something? Right. So, like, okay, cool. You, you're not attracted to dark-skinned women. So now you want me to die? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, How that's such a, you know what I mean? You, you not being attracted to me and then you wishing death upon me is a very far stretch. You wanted me to submit to you and you purposely voting against legislation that you feel will hurt me. It's like completely, completely two different things to me. This seems like such an extreme. um, I wish somebody could explain to me because that's that's such an extreme reaction to me. Like, okay, cool. You don't got to like me. Okay, don't explain it to me. Okay, don't explain it to me. I just think it's extreme and I just don't, I just think it's uncool. And I think it's kind of like when you're arguing, you know, with a loved one and you hit below the belt, both physically or literally. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, talking about dinner and what we was going to eat and how you can't never make up your mind to, and that's why I want a divorce. What? (laughs) What? Yeah, exactly. Like, okay, fine. We we don't okay. It's about more I than get food. It. You're upset about dinner. Like, why does that have to equal divorce? Yeah, I agree. I think that's a similar um I think that was a great example. Um I'm really concerned. I'm gonna be honest. I'm really concerned. You know, I, I like to think and I hope know that the environment and the work that we do with melanated intellects helps our community right like that was that was the reason that we we started melanated intellects especially at that time because we started in late 2020 yeah. very late 2020 um you know so you know i want to continue to to push a safe space for us forward and healthy discussion forward and patrice we i feel like patrice and i spoke about this mainly in season one but as a reminder you know, we we talk about how we don't always agree. Patrice and I don't always agree on black issues and, and how we should a- approach black things. And, mm-hmm. you know, but th- that doesn't mean I don't wish death upon her. Right. Like, like, we're like still we, coming here meeting. And yeah, we're still coming here. Podcast. Like we can be you're right. We can be respectful. It can be amicable. It, you know, we can agree yeah. to disagree. And, and I, I think, think agreeing to disagree is really a lost art form. It is. And it's particularly a lost art form in today's world and um, society. 
I would even, and then earlier seasons, I think it was mainly season one, there were a lot of topics. We legit disagreed on the podcast while we were talking. Like, yeah, we had yeah, yeah. active debates in the first mm-hmm. season. So it's, it's, it's beyond me. You know what I mean? Why? And some of these folks, it's like, feel how you feel. But if you really hate something, that's what it's turned into. When you're at that point where you don't give a damn if somebody is hurt, or, or you're weaponizing something against somebody, knowing that the result could be, possibly be harm, whether it's from you or somebody else. When you're at that point where you're okay with that, it's hate. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. So if you hate something, how can you spend all day talking about it? Like all day. Not just one episode or even a question or topic. I mean, your whole platform is solely based off the fact that you feel like black women this, black women that, or black trans this, or black trans that. Like you are solely focused on one predominant group that you want to continue to attack and attack and attack and attack and attack. Aren't you tired? I thought you hated this. How can you spend so much time? Like, in my opinion, that is energy. As a spiritual person, that is energy. I don't care how you express it. That is still energy you are putting into that thing. And I'm not really sure that you hate it. Like You can't hate it. Like, you can't hate it. You're spending so much time in it. Is it that you love it that much and you don't want to own it? Like, what is it? What is happening? And I think there's a lot of hurt. To be honest, and I said this, you know, before, I um, I think it was Protecting Black Women. Please yeah. don't quote me now. If it wasn't that episode, it was the episode before or after it. But I think there's a lot of hurt. Um, particularly Black men, I think, are very hurt. And I'm not saying that to be funny. I'm saying that as in I think they're hurt by Black women. And um, and I'm and I, that does not mean that Black women need to change up what they're doing. I'm just, in my opinion... Um, they're hurt. And so when you're hurt or you're traumatized, then I think sometimes you behave in ways that really don't make sense, you know, to everyone else. Now, why black women behaving the way they are behaving is hurtful to you is like a whole nother conversation. But the, uh, the feeling or emotion that I'm seeing displayed is pain to me in that conversation. I do agree um, that it's pain. But I also think it's a couple of different things. I think it's I, I I think it's also a long time coming because colorism has been around since forever. So has, you know, texturism, so has classism, politics. You know, once upon a time there were black conservatives and black Democrats who or liberals who did not agree with one another. Now, were they divided by gender? No, they were not. They mm-hmm. were divided mostly by household. You know, they weren't mm-hmm. divided by gender like that. So, and also status and class, like that also played into it. So I do think some of these things are a long time coming and they're at a boiling point. Um, it's, I, when it comes to the gender wars, I think, I think there's an element of that. But I still struggle with it because... And, and I don't know, maybe, you know, I'm because I'm thinking from solely my perspective, if I don't like something, 
Am I going to spend all day talking about it? Am I going to wish, would, would I be at a point to where I could ever see somebody who looks like me brutalized in any fashion and be like, that's what they get because of this, which is something that has nothing to do with that. You know what? Like I, I, I personally cannot rationally come to a term that makes me feel like, oh, that makes sense ever. But to your point, it's pain. So I guess that's something that we won't ever really understand. Well, hurt people hurt people, right? Like we do know that, right? So like, you know, if I feel that someone has hurt me, wronged me, done me wrong, then I mean, this isn't my instinct, but there is a a human instinct out there to take revenge. And so I feel the political response is revenge to me um, in trying to hurt Black women for the way Black women they feel have hurt Black men. Um, I don't think that's the right way to go about about it at all uh as as a transformational life coach from my professional opinion and also Shayla as a as an individual opinion um yeah I don't think that's the way about going about it at all and I think you know inevitably I think you end up hurting much more than just black women you know Mm -hmm. um you know our children our future generations your children because we got children together like there's so much and it goes so deep um, and as far as another part of my answer, well, you know what? No, I, that goes into my next question. So I won't, I won't jump ahead. Anyway, you had something you wanted to say. I did because you're, you're, you're on to something because I think I see a lot of black women who also have decided that they're going to ignore them. They're going to ignore the black women are too aggressive and the podcasts and the call outs and the colorism and uh, all the remarks to people. I feel like unified black women have decided to ignore them. Right. What happens when you ignore someone throwing a temper tantrum, they get louder, you know, they start to tear shit up. They start to, you know, physically become upset. It's not just a, I'm mad. It's I'm gonna tear everything up. So, I guess that is the best comparison I can find to maybe why it's come to this retaliation of voting and um, hateful messaging. Um, I don't think the res- for for the individuals who are okay getting into the discourse, I don't think that it's healthy for us to get into these discourse conversations and then start to jab back and jab, you know, and use these weaponized stereotypes and try to kick people. And, you know, I, I don't think that does anything. I don't understand why we want these debates. I don't understand why we publicize how we feel either, but I guess that's the well, in this day pain. and age is common to publicize how you feel no matter what well, within or with outside of the black community. Cause that's just that's like a popular thing to do, I guess, on social media. That's how people get it done uh, today. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the power and, and, of hate too. So I guess. Yeah. And I think, and I also think, cause I was really reflecting on this. I was really reflecting on like where it went wrong with the black men, black women discussion. Um, and I don't know if I've pinpointed an answer, but I actually think black women were hurt first. I don't think black men were hurt first. No, I think uh, black yeah. women were hurt first. And in a response to their hurt, they decided, um, you know, they didn't quote unquote need a man. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. that's what they accuse us of, of the attitude of having. And, um, you know, 
there were a lot of grandmothers, aunts, and mothers who were repeatedly hurt by black men. Rather, that meant you had, you know, he was talking sweet nothings in your ear, and he was also talking sweet nothings in a whole bunch of other ladies' ears, or, you know, asking, and from their perspective, asking their man to do whatever, show up in the household, do whatever. And it's kind of like the baby boy era, the movie Baby Boy. Mm-hmm. Was that 90s? Was that 90s or early 2000s, maybe? Early 2000s. Late 90s, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. That kind of era, there are a lot of grandmothers, aunts, mothers who raised children. And particularly, I'm talking about the women, the the little girls that they raised to be like, don't be like me. Get your degree. Don't depend on a man to be, because that's a lot of, a lot of the question comes from your grandmother's and your great grandmothers used to hold it down for a man. Why you ain't doing it right? Like that's that's a big question, mm-hmm. and I feel like the answer to that is this: those grandmothers and mothers and aunts was like, oh, this didn't work out well for me. Waiting on a man to do whatever that he didn't end up doing, or you know, not willing to commit to me, or whatever the issue was within that relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to teach my daughter to be the opposite of that. I don't want her to make the same mistakes I made. Right. And that's not an uncommon thing for a parent to pass down to a child. Not, not just when we talk about romance and relationship, but just in, in life. Mm-hmm. Right. And so to me, black women were hurt first and their response was get your education, get your degree. Don't worry about a man, get your money. Don't have to depend on no man. Like make sure you got your future together. And actually statistically at this point black women have done that and are are continuing to do that in leaps and bounds so clearly they was listening to their grandmothers and aunts and mothers and then out of response for that i feel like the black man did not see that coming i don't know why i don't know why because you you was told but they didn't see that coming and i think out of response for feeling disrespected because i think that's the feeling that black men are feeling is disrespected i'm not saying this is right i'm just giving i'm trying to give it in a way that i'm trying to you know view it from an outside view i'm inside but i'm trying to view it from an outside view Mm -hmm. um i think they felt disrespected and definitely hurt and so they asked like hey can you submit hey can you whatever can you go back to how it was and then I don't obviously know that there was an ask. I think it's a okay. you not they demanded. <laughs> not, they this demanded. This is not what you said. That's fine. <laughs> this is not what they I demand, want. demanded. Demanded. <laughs> uh, uh, and obviously that did not work. And so then you know passport bros was born. And you I know red now pill, then passport bros. Oh yeah, red pill mm-hmm. passport bros. It kind of went through a um, a journey, yeah. right? And then now you got well. Now I'm gonna politically separate myself from you and make sure that I'm voting in a way that I think will hurt you in the long run. And like, this is where we're at now. Um, so, you know, that's just my theory. That's just my overall theory that I really think, because I, I think they're confused. I think the black men are confused to them. It's kind of like a relationship. I seen, um, I was on TikTok and I seen Patrice got me on TikTok, y'all. Don't blame me. Okay. He, I seen yeah, his therapist. I've talked about this for season so i can't talk to let me shut up okay go ahead <laughs> i've seen this therapist and, and mind you not that race should matter but everybody in this scenario was white um anyway this therapist was talking about like how she's a um couples therapist and she was like 
almost always this is how it goes once she sees like the, the marriage can't be saved and is headed to divorce she was like women will beg for the man to do whatever take out the trash go to work whatever their issue is within their relationship right mm-hmm. and you know of course he'll say that she's nagging but you know she'll ask repeatedly and repeatedly and repeatedly and she was like this will go on for years you know what I mean we're like she's tired of asking him and asking him and asking him and then she reaches a point where she's tired and she, all through while she was asking him she may have given clear warning signs that like, hey, I don't feel fulfilled in this marriage. Hey, I feel like I'm the only one giving. Hey, like, you know, giving these sort of signs that like, mm-hmm. hey, this is not going to be good if this change does not happen. She's like, and then she reached her breaking point and she gets tired and she gets quiet. And he doesn't notice when she gets quiet. And when she gets quiet, she stopped asking him and she's now in planning mode, planning to escape, saving up her money so that she can leave him uh, doing, you know, whatever that process looks like for her whether she working or she gonna get a job or she's or whatever right and when she's ready then he wants to be like let's go to couples therapy so she was like then they come in here and then I assess what's going on and I can clearly see that there is no saving of this marriage and he's like I want to save my marriage I want to save my marriage can you help me save my marriage and no there essentially she was like no there's nothing I can do and it's too late now you know she's already mentally left you and decided and I took that scenario again these are all white relationships and things that she was talking about but I took that scenario and I really like applied it you know as a group if we could group us together Mm -hmm. as a person within the black community I feel something very similar has happened here you know there there are you know a generation or two back there was black men, black women asking begging for for black men to lead to be there to show up to child support to the whatever and i'm not saying that's all before you come down my throat i'm not saying that's all black men all black women right but just bear with me here for the example because as this lady was talking about she was talking about couples in general but there was a particular couple that she used as an example right mm-hmm. so like And I feel like this very similar thing happened. And then the black women was like, okay, cool. You know what? Fine. Fuck it. They ain't going to do it. We're going to do it. And we're going to teach our daughters, right, to do it. And then now the black man is like, well, hold on, wait a minute. What, what, where are you going? What you doing? Like, what, what are you, what are you saying? You don't need me no more. You acting like you don't need me anymore, right? Like there's this sudden urgency to save it. And then when they tried to save it with the, you need to submit that, uh, that, that didn't work. Right. That obviously did not work. And now that's, this is where we're at now. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? It does. I think some of it is collective, like, and not just specific to black people. I I think a good portion of it actually is because I think women in general no longer have to wait at home with their parents for their first husband to come and give them a new home and uh you know what i'm saying like for them to move out and to start their family and that's not the transition of women today at all in fact so i think some of this is very collective and patriarchy is not happy with it in general right some of it is what happens when women get rights (laughs) to be able to decide how they want their life to go. And I guess none of us expected for men to have a problem with that. 
I mean, I guess if we was thinking about it, we would have known, but I didn't really, I it wasn't a thought, thought. Yeah, it wasn't <gasps> a thought process. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm hearing yeah. people say, uh, even from, a, I'm hearing you know, conservatives actually even say this too. This is a marketing, this is a speaking point too here now. You know, women who women need to uh, get married and have kids and, you know, and, uh, or even the worst thing that could have happened was women being able to vote and things like that. I'm like, why is this a discussion right now? Why is this even coming up? Why? Well, you know, there's a concern because um, I don't know the statistics. I'm gonna get the statistics wrong, wrong, but there was an article that came out and this is not black community specific, mm-hmm. but that like, women over 30 or in their Mm. 30s are like at a high rate not having children like a concerning rate for population in the future Mm -hmm. not having children and and there's a a concern happy as well yes single women are the happiest (laughs) they've ever been and then there was also an article that came out that said single men are the loneliest and unhappiest that they've ever been. So some of that is, some of this is that, right? And I don't know. If y'all could see me, I'm struggling a billion times because I don't know. I don't, like, this feels like it's not our problem because I'm not giving up my rights to vote own property, have my own bank account, make my own money, be happily single. I'm not being forced into procreation if I don't want to be. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not giving up these things. And I don't understand why anybody would want a world where any group of people are in that position for them to be able to receive benefits. I I don't understand Well, I just think they see it as a disadvantage. Like, I think they see women having rights as a disadvantage to them. So their reasoning for why they don't want, like, why would you want any group of individuals? Well, because it's a disadvantage. I think they believe it's a disadvantage to them for women to have these rights, you know, as far as they're concerned, like what's going to happen to the economy. If there's not children here, you know, then the workforce and the, you know, like all politically and economically, you know, there are questions that come after population issues. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I still hold really strong with the fact that like nobody is addressing the fact that we lost thousands of, of young able-bodied people with COVID. Like no one is addressing that. And it really bothers me that I feel like nobody is addressing that. Nobody's addressing it in the workforce discussion. No, Nobody's addressing it in the population issue and not to mention baby boomers who are getting older was the biggest generation. And there was probably going to be a population issue anyway, when baby boomers pass, because once baby, once the last baby boomer passes, we can't, even if everybody was having babies at the rate they were having it, we wouldn't be able to replace baby boomers. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and another thing too, though, is that, I feel like we should probably make sure our planet is livable before we worry about who we got on it. Like, how about we make sure our planet is healthy? You know what I'm saying? They say it, they don't believe in that. They ain't worried about but it. But you can't have people. California is flooded right now. Arizona's about to get a beach for the first time. Ocean views, if y'all don't clean up. New York had a, what, what was it, a hurricane last year? Things aren't making sense right now like south south california socal had a tornado hit 
tear through a neighborhood. I'm sorry for you. I don't want to hear nothing about population issues. If you are not addressing whether or not these people will survive, because we're losing people this way. People are freezing in Boston, Massachusetts. There was like 40 people who froze in one night as a result. Yeah, that's real. New Don't York, talk to Buffalo. me about, about population when you can't take care of the people who are here or ensure that this is going to be a safe world for us to live in 10, 20, 30 years down the road. Fix the ocean. Fix the ozone layer. I mean, I did see statistics that the ozone layer is the healthiest it's ever been. I did see um, an article about that. But... Oh, it happened after a pandemic. Like, you know what I'm I did saying? hear that it repaired. Yes. Yeah, I did hear that the ozone layer started repairing itself. This is, I don't have any proof. I don't have a, I I don't have a, a link or a research it. or anything about that, okay? <laughs> I'm just going off of what I heard somewhere. Yeah, is that the ozone layer started yeah. to repair itself when everybody was locked in houses. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, that that really goes to show, like, they ain't lying. No. Not that I thought they was lying. But there are some people out there that feel like they Just lying. like the body you can heal I mean? itself, the planet, it sounds like, might be able to as well spiritually that sounds very much aligned but you have to put us in alignment to do so i don't want to hear shit about nobody's population until you deal with that well that's a fair point okay so that moves on to my next question is okay so what can we do within our community to do better like what are things that you feel we can do within our control reasonably within inside the black community would you like to see that? You you want me to do that? You want me to answer that question? Yes, I do. But oh. I can answer the question I'm, if I mean, you want me to answer it. I, 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 I can give it. I, I'm, I'm gonna do it. Okay, hold on. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Patrice, you 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 are the only you, person. You want me? Go on, go press yes, I want the mic. you to answer the question. Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing. I think the call has to come from the inside of the house. And, I, and that's why I appreciate the consciousness of the community who are actively having discussions about patriarchy, about um, colorism, who are actively calling themselves to the mat and encouraging positive discussion to break down the mindsets of generational ignorance that we have. Because I think that's what we're dealing with in a lot of different ways. I am not for weaponizing stereotypes. I don't think that that will ever benefit. And I don't think that the gut punches of who is worse than the other and you didn't show up and who's got a single household and whose fathers are, who grew up in the fathers of the mommy, daddy issues. I'm sorry. The whole world got mommy, daddy issues. We all got shit that we're dealing with. That is not, that is not an excuse for how we're treating each other right now and today. That's not an excuse to look at this world and decide I'm going to perpetuate the same bullshit that I witnessed in my household or in my world or my environment. We, as a, as a generation who has grown up in social media, have access to a different worldly view than our elders. We have no excuse. So many of us, who you know, I don't care what you grew up as your belief, you have been shown differently at this point in time. You know better. And if you are still choosing not to see how your beliefs, how the things you're saying are hurting a different group of people, you are willfully being ignorant and also hurtful. And you need to just own that. You need to own your racism, your colorism, your your fault, your um, homophobia, transphobia, whatever it is, you need to go on and own it. 
because that's what it is. Don't get on and don't try to rewrite definitions and shit and try to change things up because y'all like to do that. Don't do that. So on the one end, I appreciate those who are have, having active discussion to undo some of these learnings. On the other end, we have to educate ourselves on what this really means when we are saying these things on the internet. I think there is mm. a lot of repeating what we heard other people say and mm. not actual factual diving into the like the hardcore statistics. If you knew where where the term welfare queen actually came from and dug into that, you would never use it. If you knew with the reality of this quote unquote dysfunctional family of fatherless children and how the government at once upon a time broke up families within black communities, you would never weaponize that. You know what I'm saying? Like if you knew and understood how deep mask incarceration really ran, you would not use these types of terms to hurt another group of people. And so I feel like it's ironic because I feel like I'm about to say the same thing I said on um, what was it that we talked? I think it was provoke the woke where we have where we talked that about was a long time ago. Yeah, allyship um, and oh, education. Yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like I'm about to say the same thing. I think there needs to be an internal education. You know what I'm saying? Black mm. men need to come with other black men and educate. And explain why this is a problematic. And black women need to hold other black women accountable when we are weaponizing stereotypes against them or whatever the case is against each other. Or whatever the conversation is. We, I think we need to actively be a part of that. But I think there also needs to be some wholesome educating of our own beliefs. Like if you feel this about this certain group of people, actually look into it. Go buy a book. Read a fucking book. Stop repeating some bullshit you've heard your whole life. Stop repeating some stuff you heard on the playground. And stop stop using shit that happened on the playground to, to weaponize against other people. Just because some girl said you had a hook head when you was in the third grade, don't make it okay for you to actively take out a vendetta against all black women. That's not okay. You're a grown individual today. You need to behave as such. And you are accountable for your own words. I think we need to stop. There's so much assumption. There's a lack of empathy. There's a lack of of educating of ourselves about how we believe things to be. There's also so much pain. So much Mm. pain. Everybody need to go to therapy. And I've been saying this since forever. The black experience today, you can be born today and I'm going to say you need to go to therapy. (laughs) You need to go to therapy to prepare you for the experience that you're going to have. And so whether it's from social media, whether it's from just going to work, no matter what it is, you need to go to therapy. Black people need to be in therapy. That is how I feel. But it's to undo the learnings and understand there's a different way to deal with your trauma and to also address the pain. So we can stop inflicting it on one another because that's what it is at its core. I think people aren't happy that we're falling apart. And in doing so, we're making a bigger mess of the whole situation rather than going internal and figuring out what is it at our core that is being triggered and how we can stop inflicting it on our own community. Yeah, I agree. I think my answer is very similar. Um, What we can do within our community to do better. I think one is accountability. Um, Again, I'm not, I'm not mad at the conspiracy theories. I'm not saying they ain't true. 
I'm just saying um, you can focus on the conspiracy theories. And I think that research is important. I think it's important to uncover, you know, things out there that we may not know because that's education as well. Right. And I'm not taking away from that. Um, but I think, you know, it wouldn't work on us it, it, again, again. And I know that's like the third or fourth time I said it, it wouldn't work on us if, if it didn't fly here. You know what I mean? Like if, if we would not, allow division to come in so freely and dance around and cut it up then you know it'd be we'd be much harder to sway as as a group politically or otherwise so I think one is accountability and I mean accountability everywhere on both sides on all aspects you know I'm not am I a black woman absolutely but like I'm there's there are things that black women need to take accountability for and I think there are things that black men need to take accountability Mm -hmm. for um, and then, uh, yeah, def- second would de- absolutely be therapy. I will commend, um, to my knowledge, what I've seen, I've seen a lot of black women moving into therapy yes. and coaching spaces. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so to me, that feels like a bigger opportunity for black men than for black women right now. I'm not picking, I'm just saying, you know, generally speaking, women in general, not particularly black women, but women in general are usually quicker to go seek help and talk about, you know, how they feel and things of that nature before men. Um, So I think there's a huge opportunity for black men to get therapy. And I think the best therapy they could get, I believe, similar to what you said, is from other black men um, who are educated and, and well knowledgeable in their field, right? Um, not, not a, 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 an IG therapist, right? Like, and that's not to say that you can't be a real therapist if you're on IG, but I mean like not a self-proclaimed, I'm on social media yeah. pretending to be a therapist, right? Yeah. But like a real therapist. And, um, I think there needs to be more safe spaces for black men to be able to express themselves with each other. Uh, I would love if we could have more spaces for that because Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, wounded ego can do a lot of damage. And what I see happening within the black men, you know, in the, in a, in a large, not saying this is every black man, but when we talk about these podcasts and these other, you know, platforms and these things that have come out, it feels very much so like wounded ego to me. And the only way that can be dealt with is for someone who also has a wounded ego, who have healed through a wounded ego to help you with that. And I just feel like that's a special space that you need to go heal that has nothing to do with Black women. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that would be the second thing. And um, okay, and third, um, just to piggyback off of something that Patrice said, you know, I really don't think it's acceptable for us to be hidden below the bell. Like, I know we are, you know, shoot the dozens type of people, you know what I'm saying? Like, you gotta have a thick skin to be in the Black community. Like, I understand that, but I just don't, I think there's spaces and there's exceptions to us, you know, shooting, shooting the dozens when it comes to that. Um, Patrice mentioned daddy issues, you know, like battling, um, abandonment issues is not funny and black women are not the only one that has daddy issues, by the way. Um, I was having a conversation with a black man, a friend of mine not too long ago. And he asked me something, he asked me something about the daddy issues where he was kind of picking my brain about it. And I was like, 
black women are not the only one that has daddy issues, even though that's the one that gets highlighted. You know what I mean? And um, it's there's damage in, in trauma there, whether you're a man or a woman. Um, so like things like that, like, don't, don't like, I don't, I don't like us. I don't like us getting to the point where we hate each other. You know what I mean? Like that, that disrupts my soul. That disrupts my whole being. And, um, it bothers me a whole lot. And I, I would just really wish we could, even if we can't come together and agree on all of those things I listed at the beginning of this episode, I would still like for us to come together for the overall betterment of our community. Right. Meaning we can disagree about all those, all those things that I talked about relationships, African versus, you know, African-American, you know, et cetera, but light skin, dark skin, but let's let that be separate than us hurting forward movement of the community. Mm-hmm. right like let's make that two separate situations I don't like yeah. those two being mixed so you, as far as I'm concerned those are the three things we could do yeah and you know you can like I'm I'm gonna speak to a personal experience because as a dark-skinned black woman this is just what I have you cannot like dark-skinned black women I truly don't give a fuck like, I don't judge my ability to encounter or experience you based off the fact on whether or not you're willing to date a woman who looks like me. So I I don't care who you date. I truly, truly don't. It's when you talk about me. You, you know what I'm saying? You rip on me. You weaponize stereotypes against me. It's when you are now no longer caring about Black issues. It's when, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's when you're long, no longer for the betterment of the community. Today, who you want, love who you love, how you love them. That has nothing to do with me. I care about how we show up as a community. I feel like, and I feel like it's the same thing for any other belief. That's just one example. I think that, um, and, and I definitely don't want to like, I want to give credit because I know that there are men and women who are definitely contributing to this conversation in a positive way. They're trying mm-hmm. to. They are mm-hmm. absolutely trying to. And I think sometimes the negativity gets a lot more uh, traction. Attention. And attention than the mm-hmm. positive. Um, those who are actually trying to have beneficial discussions to educate and hold safe spaces. You know, we we know times of the barbershop being a safe space for men to go and have these discussions. I don't know what happened because I wasn't allowed to attend. But <laughs> like what I remember from going to the barbershop with my father was like very little. You know, I couldn't tell you if they was having inside out deep thoughtful communications or not. I truly don't know. I'm not gonna assume they weren't because they were men either. But um I think that to your point, those safe spaces are needed to be able to go inward, to be able to talk about these conversations. Personally, I've made strides when it comes to my perspective as from being a black woman to how I experience black people to the black community, all of it, just being in therapy alone, you know, and having somebody who is a black professional who can speak to a lot of these statistics that we encounter, we experience, and also just worldly views too, you know what I mean? Um, So I, I just want us to do better whatever that means for your corner of the world, do better in your space. I think collectively we can all do 
better and leave the assumptions at the door and tackle whatever those core beliefs are, but try to strive for better in 2023 for our community because we ended 2022 at each other's throats and that doesn't benefit anybody but a particular type of individual and we forget at the end of the day we all gonna feel we are going to feel it like we're going to feel it at some point this discourse we're gonna feel the impact of it at some point we may be able to leave it on the internet today clocking to work and then go home or wherever it is but we're gonna feel the impact of all of this eventually and it's I just don't feel like it's gonna be good unless we change our behavior and how we love on our community if we can't love on one another yeah I agree I think we have a lot of work to do and um, I commend those who you know are trying to push a positive conversation forward and um, I would love to see more of that and I would love to see more of that go viral and to be pushed forward Mm -hmm. and then that way people know where to go for the safe space and the community of it right um so that's what i hope interact with the positive Mm -hmm. spaces that's a good one that's a really good Mm -hmm. one push those positive Mm -hmm. spaces forward but make them go viral yeah please please make please stop pushing these podcasts push the positive conversations because they exist but they're not getting the traction and i think that Mm -hmm. might be why some of these pages start to go in that direction because that's Mm -hmm. how you get the eyes on you for the public discourse but I don't think that I wish it wasn't necessary to be able to reach volume of people with this type of hate and just Frederick but yeah so hopefully you guys enjoyed this um send it or pass especially pass this one or pass this one uh to other people who you think might enjoy it but also people who you think could also do something to you know make a change happen i encourage that completely um if you don't already follow us on ig at melanated intellects please do um if you have not already taken our survey which has been uh announced since our welcome back episode in the fall of last year please do it's just a few moments i promise and and uh it'll be very helpful for patrice and i to be able to you know take a look and and see your guys' thoughts about um you know everything that we're doing the content that we put out etc so please take a moment to do that uh patrice anything you want to add before we go I love our community. I love our people. Our art is so vibrant, and um, I know we have it in us. And I look forward to when we can have these conversations in a more healthier, meaningful way. And you know, I'm not giving up. I know we can do it. We have, we have overcame some of the most difficult conditions, oppression, systems, you name it. I know we got it in us. We just have to find it in our hearts to do so. So. Love on your loved ones, love on yourself, love on your community, love on whatever else you need to, and come on back next week for our next episode. Bye.